Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by Ella Crouch who is a fellow online coach who coaches UPT and online coach as well and um, she's also a competitor. Ella, would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, when you first started coaching and when you first got into the industry as a competitor as well? Yeah, awesome. Well, um, so thank you. Um, so, wow, I qualified as a PT after I graduated from uni, which was, God, five years ago. Um, I did a completely different um, undergrad. It wasn't in sports and nutrition, but um, basically whilst I was at uni, I developed anorexia. Um, I had to take time out of uni to recover. Um and in my recovery journey, I used weightlifting to put in weight. So um, I didn't go down the NHS route. They kind of wanted me to be hospitalized and everything. And I was like, no, I'm going to gain muscle and kind of do it how I want to do it. And it worked really well. Um, so I, I managed to go finish my, my undergrad. And I just developed this passion for weightlifting, like how strong and empowered it made me feel. Um, so then I did my qualification to be a personal trainer afterwards um spent a couple of years working on the gym floor and personal training and then it was really last year where I started online coaching yeah. um, and then alongside that I competed as well so I'm now going into my second season as a competitor yeah that's cool and so you've got a fair bit of experience behind you with many different aspects of the industry as well which is great as you can also always like apply that with clients um, so today obviously we are going to talk through common barriers to female fat loss and how people might be able to overcome those barriers um, so one of the common barriers which females experience is the hunger that they experience around the time of the month yeah now first of all why does this occur and how can people tackle or get past this barrier okay um well obviously so on your period your your calorie is sorry your calorie your body is burning more calories um you do have your body demands more calories during that time um so what i actually do with my clients is if they do struggle from really bad cravings and pms i just give them some extra that week and I encourage them to, you know, realize that it's okay that you're having these cravings. Um, that's if they're really bad. I mean, sometimes when it comes to cravings, um, you do just kind of have to, it's mind over matter and you just have to be like, right, okay, well, as much as I'd like to eat the whole packet of hobnobs, I really shouldn't. Yeah, um, yeah. It does come down to that willpower. And I think when I was in my um, mid twenties, I struggled from really bad periods, like really heavy periods and really heavy, like bad cravings. And I did often use it as an excuse. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm on period, so I'm going to literally demolish the kitchen. And then obviously a week later, you feel really bad. Um, and you've gained several kilograms. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I have been in that position and I've struggled with really bad cravings on my period. Um, so another way of tackling that would be to actually be like, okay, well, let's actually see if we can reduce those through lifestyle changes. Um, reduce the actual PMS itself um but yeah I mean I would potentially look at adding in some extra calories around the period um if someone's really struggling yeah I also think sometimes um 
it can almost become a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if people think that they're going to experience hunger around the time of the month, it can almost be worse than it actually is. And because, yeah. yeah, and because they've expected it, it's so much worse than it could have been. So I think it's important for people to recognise that there's no one size fits all with that. Like for example, I don't really get hunger around the time of the month. So for me, I don't need that calorie increase and actually I can just continue to create a bigger deficit because I know that I'm going to be expending a little bit more energy. So great, it's a bigger calorie deficit. So if you're someone like myself, you can just, it's, there's no harm with continuing to just push your fat loss and not having that increase in calories. But like you said, for somebody that really does struggle with PMS, it might help them to have that increase to help with adherence so that they can actually yeah. stick to the process as opposed to thinking, you know, F it, I'm just going to have the whole pack of hobnobs. Exactly. <laughs> it's to do with adherence. I, would, I wouldn't really add the charism because they need it. Like they really, really need it. It's more to help them adhere to the plan, to not feel guilty if they do want a bit more chocolate or a biscuit on that day. Um, and it's much better to have that controlled calorie increase. It might only be a hundred or two calories, which satisfies the person, but that's so much obviously more productive than trying to resist it and then blowing out on like a thousand calories. Yeah, definitely. But I agree with what you said. It's sometimes like you tell yourself it's going to happen. Like, oh, okay, I'm due on next week, so I'm going to start getting hungry. But um, yeah, you can't think like that. Yeah, and I don't know about you with your clients, but what I usually do is I will just work with somebody and monitor their feedback and their data as they go through the process and then implement those tools if they are necessary as opposed to just implementing them straight off the bat with everybody because some people might not need them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I always kind of gauge it first after a few months and um you know if if it's happened already that someone's really struggled on their period and they have gone massively off plan it's like okay well we'll take that on board and next time we know what to do for example yeah definitely and so another thing that people generally tend to struggle with is that they are really hardcore and really consistent through the week and then when it gets to the weekend shit hits the fan and they sort of throw their diet out the window and then they feel like they're working so hard because they're being so consistent through the week but at the weekends they're sort of blowing out and they they don't necessarily realize that and that's a very common issue with people how might people overcome that okay so I'd, I'd probably look at it as a really good point and I think a lot of people do neglect the fact that you know the weekend that's almost a quarter of your week's um calories or you know activity levels um so I, I think they they kind of look forward to the weekend and they're like oh okay I can let my hair down and relax and of course like yeah but to a certain degree um so um one thing that I want to do with a client for example if she really struggled with adherence on the weekend would be to have slightly less calories Monday to Friday and then give her a few more calories at the weekend um what works really well I've noticed for some girls is to be like on a food plan Monday to Friday and then at the weekend I just let her track flexibly and kind of she can if she wants the gin and tonic she can keep her macros and um enjoy some flexibility so maybe like if someone's going out to socialize um 
and she's going to go out and have a gin and tonic with her friend, she can have that guilt free and happy and stay accountable. Yeah, and I think it's really important again for people to recognize that this is effective not because it's a magic protocol because it's your overall calorie intake over the entire week and combined with your expenditure which is going to dictate how much of a deficit you are in and not just how much of how much you're eating on each individual day so you can manipulate your calorie intake you know it doesn't matter whether someone's on linear calories or macros or whether they're on a cycle where they have higher calories at the weekend and lower calories through the week as long as they're in the same deficit over the week they will see the same results and it's important for people to recognize that that's why that works and why that is feasible definitely that's a really good point because people do look at it as day by day um let's flip it on its head and if someone had like amounts of bad day because they had some extra biscuits and things it can really quickly lead to, that, lead to that negative mindset of like, oh, okay, I've completely screwed this day up. Today's a write-off. Instead of looking at it over the week and be like, okay, well, if I had two biscuits off plan today, then I just won't have my biscuit tomorrow and it's really not the end of the world. And it's the same principle at the weekend as well. Yeah, definitely. And obviously you spoke about your history with your relationship with food. Would you sort of hold off having that approach of lower calories through the week and higher calories at the weekend for someone who might be prone to disordered eating behaviours potentially? If someone to me displays disordered eating behaviour, which typically for a, a general lifestyle client might be like the odd splurge, I don't know whether they're technically classed as a binge, sometimes you get someone say I had a binge and you're not quite sure exactly what that means, but they've definitely gone a bit OTT of the food or something like that. Um, I would kind of be very hesitant to even really start dieting them um, because they clearly need to work in that relationship with food before you then enter a period of restricted calories because I think anyone who even has slight, you don't have to have had an eating disorder to have traits of disordered eating. Um, but I think any of those tendencies, as soon as you enter a diet, the person instantly thinks, shit, I'm restricted. I want this and I can't have it. And that's not the case. Obviously, when we diet, we do have to be mindful of calories and we do have to stay within those calories to lose weight. Um, it can still be done to a certain degree flexibly and, you know, with including elements of your favorite foods in, in the right portion sizes. But sometimes I think people aren't quite mentally ready for that. And I would probably encourage them to spend some more time at maintenance calories um, and develop a healthier relationship with food before I would tell them to, to diet, to be honest. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think it's really important for anyone who's concerned about their relationship with food to spend some time out with a deficit, improving that before they consider dieting again. And then yeah. even with somebody who has had any history of sort of um, binge eating tendencies or if I've ever had any concerns about that, I potentially wouldn't implement an approach where they have lower calories through the week and higher calories through the weekend. No, I don't think sometimes good. make that worse or um, have those issues can potentially be arise because it's a very similar cycle to what they used to be in with their binge eating behaviour. Yeah, I wouldn't use that with someone because you're kind of reinforcing the fact of eat less food now, then you can eat loads at the weekend and that really wouldn't work for someone in that 
in that situation. So it's again, it's about, you don't have to implement these things, but they can be very useful tools for people that it is appropriate for. And if you have a client, if you're very social at the weekends and you enjoy a night out, but through the week you're well within your structure and you don't mind just um, reducing your calories a little bit further, then that approach might be really helpful for you and it might help you adhere to your calorie deficit and therefore succeed with that loss. Yeah, agreed. And so another Sorry. I'm trying to remember what the main the main thing that we're talking about was it was weekends off going. Yeah, so it was about having like uh, higher calories at the weekend and lower calories through the week to allow them to um have those higher calorie days at the weekend. I think the the whole thing about weekends as well, there's um a lot of peer pressure, I think, when it comes to alcohol as well or I think so I've had it when clients are they're trying to diet and they almost feel bad for having a PT or having a coach because at the weekends their friends will be like oh like don't be so hard on yourself treat yourself let's go have Nando's or let's go have drinks and there's this peer pressure combined with almost um almost fit shaming because someone's on a plan and they're not um and I think that's something that you do have to learn how to confront and face when you're trying to lose weight um because you know unless you live in a cave <laughs> you're going to go out sometimes at the weekends and socialize and whatever um so you do have to get used to the fact that you're going to be like um do you know what i'm following a, i'm following a fitness plan so you know i can have a diet coke or i can have a um a low calorie gin but that's literally all i'm going to have today guys and you have to have that confidence to to say it and kind of stand up to any peer pressure um so that you can adhere to your plan yeah and that's the thing as well like you can still go out and be social and not put an excessive number of calories in your mouth like you can still go and be there and enjoy your friend and family's company and they can enjoy your company and if they really appreciate you as a person and they care about you then really they should appreciate your company no matter what you decide to eat or drink so and I know it's hard at first but when you get used to going to restaurants and asking for certain things, for example, if you asked for a, salad, a chicken salad with the sauces on the side, once you get used to doing that, you'll realise that they really don't mind doing that for you and you can still go and enjoy the experience without having to have a cheeseburger with fries and cheesy chips. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> That's a really good point. Like, you're not being fussy or picky or annoying customer can I have the sauce on the side or can I have this about that um I think that's a really good point and you do just have to the more you do it the more confident you get and the more you kind of stand your own ground because I think the whole thing with peer pressure is that like if you've been going out and doing this with your friends forever they're going to know you as someone who likes to go out and get drunk or loves a good burger and you just have to really show them that this is an important goal to you and your happiness and like you said if they're good friends they'll understand that and they'll respect that yeah definitely I think it's it's an element of learning how to manage these occasions as well and learning what swaps to make and little things like asking oils and sauces on the side can really help and making smart swaps when it comes to alcohol can help massively such as going for like a clear spirit and a diet mixer as opposed to beer or wine and things like that and you can still enjoy yourself and you can still get a bit tipsy um, yeah. whilst keeping calories under control <laughs> yeah go for low calorie alcohol get a bit tipsy 
yeah like if, so, if someone wants to do that and still succeed with that person it's possible obviously it's harder and it's not what people would class as optimal but it is still possible yeah whenever I have a client and they say do you know what I've got this meal um I've been invited to this meal out or it's a birthday whatever next week I always say that's cool you can do what you want like I never tell you that you can't eat out I'll never tell you how to live your life and what to do like when you can socialize and when you can't I make it clear to them that the more frequently that they eat out at the weekends the harder it's going to be to reach their goal but we discuss um uh yeah we discuss like healthy swaps that they can make and maybe they look at the menu first and think oh okay I'm going to choose that and it takes off the pressure or the anxiety when they're in the in the restaurant and trying to work out what they should have um and we discuss you know healthy swaps like you said um and it can really be an enjoyable thing it doesn't have to be a stressful thing it doesn't have to be excessive calories and quite often like if I get someone checking on Monday after they've been out it really doesn't change their weight or their check-in and it gives them that reassurance that oh okay I can I can have a meal out and be sensible and it's not going to affect anything like not going to do damage I think another mistake which people sometimes make when it comes to eating out is they will try and save that many calories for the meal out. They go into that meal starving, hungry, and then can't control themselves. Whereas yeah. if they were to just have something like, I don't know, 200 grams of Greek yogurt with some fruit or a protein shake before they went to that meal so that they're not going into that meal starving, it would help them control themselves and control their calorie intake and not overeat during that meal. Yeah, 100%. I actually tell my clients to make it the least stressful event as possible. I just tell them to eat normally throughout the day, stay hydrated, um and just say you know you're simply going to swap your evening meal on plan and the the bedtime snack whatever you have out and it's not going to be a stressful event just eat as normal um and I think I think that's a really point because there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant absolutely starving I used to do that what you know back in the days when I had a really bad relationship with my food I'd get so anxious about the calories that I knew that I was going to have to face in the evening that I would starve myself throughout the day and it's just such a recipe for disaster (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with that. And so another thing which sometimes people do is they will try and follow protocols which maybe aren't sustainable or realistic with them and their lifestyle, and they'll almost set themselves up with unrealistic expectations of themselves. How can people potentially get around this and why might that be detrimental to their progress long term? Yeah, I think I think a lot of the thing that I see with most girls is impatience and kind of really, really underestimating how long it takes you to reach a goal. They look at people on Instagram and we're constantly being being can't speak being bombarded with um, transformations like this client did this in eight weeks or join my shred summer shred program and you get all these transformations and people are like, okay well why can't I do that in eight weeks so they're looking for a similar solution and the reality is like yes yeah, some people can do that really quickly whether it's done in a healthy way whether it's not well, like, we don't know really sometimes um and they forget that they're not that person they're a different person with a different body with a different history with different stuff going on in their life and the reality of weight loss is that if you want to do it in a healthy and sustainable way that it's gonna it can take up to a good year like yeah. to really to really see some good results with some people um yeah. 
dependent on the person and you really have to instill this in them in their mindset when they start that you know we're not we're not chasing a quick fix it we're not chasing a quick solution we want you to do this in a healthy way so that you have a healthy positive relationship with your food and your body um so I feel like have I gone off on a tangent oh no no not at all (laughs) um so that's probably the first thing that I do with a client is um yeah talk to them about the realities of weight loss um and discourage them from using social media too much to be honest I think social media is a great place where you can see what other people are doing gain information um be motivated by other people's results but you can also look at what they're doing try and apply it to yourself and it's just not appropriate for you like you said at the beginning with people who might experience unhealthy relationships with their food binges whatever if you know what someone else is doing really really might not be productive for you to do as well yeah and as well I think when you are looking at these transformations on Instagram and things like that it's so important to recognize that you're literally just looking at an eight-week period you have no idea what went on during that eight-week period mentally you have no idea what happened after that eight-week period did they sustain those results did they end up in a worse position than when they even started um were they actually happy throughout that process there's so much that goes on that you cannot see from looking at someone's transformation picture no matter what's written in the description yeah you have no idea what's gone on and like the amount of transformations i've seen where i've known the person behind it and there's been so much more to that it's just you can't take everything at face value you have to take social media especially with a pinch of salt yeah definitely I definitely agree with that um so I think when we go back to like setting unrealistic goals as well like you see what other people achieve and you try and set that for yourself um and I think you have to remember what someone else's someone else's goal might make them happy but it won't make you happy um they take the example of wanting visible abs or something because i don't know maybe you follow a competitor um that's a classic example um the realities of getting that lean you know there's a lot of compromises that you have to make vouch for that with our competing there's a lot of compromises um and it's not a sustainable long-term look which again is something that people don't understand you don't have abs all year round it's not healthy to do so um so kind of realizing that and setting a goal which is appropriate to you your lifestyle your values your priorities because quite often what happens is someone starts dieting and then they realize that you know you can't go out every weekend you can't eat out every weekend if you want to get the results and they start to lose motivation they start to stop adhering to the plan and it's like okay well maybe your goal maybe this isn't the right goal for you maybe abs isn't what you should be aspiring to that's just and an for that reason as well to help people set realistic expectations of themselves and realistic goals i think before you embark on any sort of like fitness journey or um, journey to change your body composition it's really important to actually sit down 
and literally write down your goals and values. What do you value in your life? Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you not willing to sacrifice? And then base your goals off of those values and what you ethically really believe in and what you value in your life. Because then your goals are going to be realistic and you're not just going to be sort of setting yourself up for failure because you've already recognised, right, I'm not willing to sacrifice my nights out. So therefore, I am not going to be able to get absolutely healed. And I'm not going to compete in a bodybuilding competition. Um, So, you know, you've got to set your goals in line with your true values. And it's important for that reason to to recognise those values before you embark on a journey like and I think it's also really important to do this on a regular basis because your values and your priorities will change as you change um I had this recently of a client she came to me she competed once upon a time um we were in a phase of just establishing a healthy relationship with her food and her body and she was getting really bummed out because she saw a picture on her timeline come up of when she competed and she was like, why, like, I really want to get back to this. Like, why can't I, you know, oh, I just want to diet. And I'm like, focus on your values now. And I got her to write them down, write down her priorities. And I was like, okay, think back to when you were competing. Does any of this line up? Because at the minute, you, your values are going out, your relationship, your work, whatever. There's, there's no crossover. <laughs> so bear in mind that your values change. And that just because you did something once doesn't mean that it's going to be the same goal for you again um exactly it's like even as you go through different phases even as competitors like when i transition into my rumor season my values shift massively and you know i because of that we have to accept that we're not going to have as a and we're not going to look the same way that we do when we're on stage and it's really important to recognize that and that's one of the reasons that i try and share the improvements in phase to to make people aware that what we do isn't sustainable and it isn't appropriate an appropriate goal for everybody so for those listeners that aren't competitors setting yourself the goal of looking like a competitor is unrealistic yeah the amount of times i hear a girl say oh i really like i want to look like a bikini girl and i'm like okay are you going to eat and <laughs> eat like her and train like her and <laughs> do cardio like her because i don't think you want to do that yeah exactly and again this kind of leads into the next point so sometimes people will try and replicate what other people are doing on social media or take what they see a little bit too literally and literally try and do what someone else is doing yeah. so how might people avoid this and what might be a better approach rather than just going on social media looking at someone's full day of eating and literally copying everything they're doing yeah that yeah that's not a, not a great idea like i said you can find some really inspiring and motivating people i think we can both agree that we use instagram to help other people and to motivate and inspire them to lead whatever fitness lifestyle they want to lead um but we by no means preach okay this is what i'm doing this is what you should do too or this is what this client does this is what you should do too um so by all means use social media um I tend to tell my clients to limit their media, social media usage in the evenings, um, just, you know, to help them unwind and relax. And it can, you can easily sit there scrolling through for hours and not even realize. And before you know it, you've started comparing yourself to this transformation and why you're not good enough or whatever. I hear that all the time with people. So one is be mindful of how much social media you're using. And two, be mindful that, um, people are putting up 
their journeys it doesn't mean that it's your journey they're, they're sharing their journey it's not something that's directed at you to say this is what you should do um i would say if you're not with a coach obviously you could always look into that for someone who's going to completely tailor their, the programming and the process and the approach to you um that would probably be genuinely my, my first suggestion because again going onto the internet there's so much information out there i feel like the issue with weight loss for women isn't that there's a lack of information, it's that there's too much almost and they just don't know what to do. So I feel like a coach can really direct you um, down the right path. Um, yeah. I mean, you could always educate yourself in some, there are lots of portals and places, subscription websites where you can get great information but again you just have to be careful about how you apply it yeah and I think for people that aren't like fitness professionals like us for example it is so hard to recognize what is factual information and what is opinion and who is legitimate who they should trust and who they might not trust and like the amount of conversations I've had with people that have been like oh have you heard about this diet I've heard about how good it is like I don't know it might be keto or um another person's random diet that they've come up with which has loads of food rules and I always try and explain to them you know all of these diets are based on the same principle of creating a calorie deficit but to them they just think oh it's this shiny new diet it must have something about it which is special and they like latch on to that and they just want to find something which is a quick fix and something which is novel and new and exciting when in reality they all boil down to the same fundamental principles and often the people behind it are just trying to make a bit of money out of something and make something sound exciting yeah basically what it boils down to is like you said it's it's they're all trying to create a calorie deficit but I think it's a really good point in that people are always trying to look for ways to make the process easier or quicker. And I think as soon as you accept that for you, it might not be a quick process. Like we said at the beginning, it could be a six months, a year. If, you look at, um, if these people are like watching both of our Instagrams, it's taken us years to build our physiques, like literally years. <laughs> and it's very easy to look at a picture and be like, okay, well, I want to be like that in six months. And it's just so unrealistic. Um, and a kind of very immature way of thinking. Um, so yeah, I've forgotten where I was going to go with that, to be honest. I've just had a bit of a mind blank. But um, I think it boils down to the fact that people are looking for a quick answer or a, an easy solution. And at the end of the day, it comes down to hard work. It comes down to training hard in the gym. When you're in a diet phase, sticking to it, doing it. When you're in a growth phase, training hard, doing it. Um, and being consistent at that over a decent period of time. That's what it comes down to. And I think people struggle with that concept of, oh, I have to, you know, I have to diet again this week, or oh, I have to go to the gym again this week. It's it's a lifestyle, um, which I guess, yeah, a lifestyle is a good word to describe it. I mean, it's not something you can get, you can't get results just by doing something for a few weeks or yeah. on and off. I think that with a lot of the issues, you know, we've spoken through today, we will continue to speak through. The solution often comes down to making this part of your life and making this sustainable rather than looking to make drastic results really quickly. 
well when your goal is not extreme such as that on stage the, yeah. the solution often comes to making this sustainable making yourself able to adhere to the protocols you are setting yourself rather than shooting yourself in the foot trying to make progress too quickly trying to do something too drastic which is just unrealistic for yourself yeah no I 100% agree and I think the whole point of it being a lifestyle like me and you do what we do because we genuinely enjoy it that's why we do it and people struggle I think with weight loss because they don't enjoy it they see they see the food plan as a chore they see the foods as boring they see the training as boring or difficult or hard and they don't want to push themselves and I think as soon as you start to adjust your mindset into actually enjoying the process and it's quite a I don't really like that expression enjoy the process because it's very overused and it's not always going to be enjoyable. If you're challenging yourself, it's going to be hard sometimes. But when we're creating a lifestyle, we do something because we like it. So it's about finding finding a diet that works for you and that you enjoy, cooking healthy foods that you enjoy, finding a training style that you enjoy. You don't have to be weightlifters like us. You could go running or you don't have to be a bodybuilder. You could do CrossFit, whatever. Um, it's finding what genuinely you get up and enjoy doing each day. Yeah. and finding that middle ground as well rather than having to be all or nothing all the time yeah and yeah, so definitely. another issue that people have and this is this is not just an issue that um people who aren't educated have it's an issue that everyone has it's been shown in research that even dietitians underreport their calorie intake so people struggle with that um and they often think that they're eating a lot less than they actually are how yeah. might people get around this or are there any methods with clients that you might use to sort of get around this issue um, i've used it in the past where i just get someone to download my fitness pal and i say right for the next 48 hours i want you to input everything you eat because they'll come to you in a consultation and be like yeah this is why i eat i have I only have a salad and then I miss I miss dinner and then I go to bed and I, I don't know have a bit of toast and then that's that really and I'm like okay when they actually input it into my fitness pal it's a very different story um so that's not I, I say 48 hours it could be a different time frame but that's something which isn't too long for them to you know it's, it's a it's a different it's a new habit for them to do this so one to two days of just remembering to input everything they eat um I find that helps one make them realize what they do eat but also to educate them on because you can see the breakdown in my fitness pile of the, of the calories the macronutrients and they can be like oh god like do I really eat that much or they'll be like oh okay I all this food is fast food it's not home cooked and when they see it on the screen it's kind of like a realization for them yeah i think even when people are tracking on my fitness pal to be honest it's so easy to still under report like missing for example if they lick the, the spoon of peanut butter after they've put the peanut butter on their meals or they have a bit of their boyfriend's food when he's eating that those little like licks and bites and nibbles throughout the day can really add up and people don't realize that yeah yeah so the my fitness pal thing i was kind of just referring to like a 24 48 hour period yeah. where they put everything down because you're right some people like you can have clients using my fitness pal monday to friday uh, you know for their diet phase or whatever and they do under report um and that's where i just have to kind of i look at the data and i'm like okay something doesn't quite add up here and i do just have to go through this conversation with them and be like okay let's just go through 
little things which I, I never say like accuse people but I say you know things that could potentially not you know they're not being counted and they do all that up you know like a, you sneak an extra sugar into your tea every time or um nibble on the end of the chocolate bar or whatever um I just think maybe people either aren't aware of those calories um or it's just out of habit and they yeah. just need to wake up to the to the habit I think it's making people realise that like the calories from those little nibbles and bites can really add up throughout the day and it can have a big impact on their ability to start to succeed with fat loss. And at the end of the day, they're only kidding themselves if they don't account for those things. So for a lot of people, it can be helpful to just say, you know, just stick to your meals, do not snack between those meals. And um, just make them realise the fact that it will have a big impact on their ability to succeed with fat loss if they do that sort of thing on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I agree. That's definitely a very common one. Um, I think sometimes, to be honest, with my clients, if I ever have someone in that situation, it does come down to the fact that, right, well, I'll just have to reduce your calories by another 100 or so and we'll just make the deficit. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, yeah, it, it does. it is a habit change and it does take time. Yeah, definitely. And so something else people can sort of struggle with is self-doubt which often leads leads to self-sabotage how might people get around that issue yeah um I'm a very very big fan of mindset when someone's dieting obviously from what I've been through mindset in general is really uh, like important to me um the way that I always explain it to clients is that you could have the fanciest of programs by the fanciest of coaches which is really super expensive but if you can't apply the plan it doesn't matter and that all comes from your headspace and your mindset. Um, I think a lot of women struggle with the weight loss aspect because they have a lot of self-doubt and low self-esteem and they don't give themselves the chance to really have a good crack at it. They potentially might feel really put off by how far away they feel they are from their goal and they kind of, you know how we were saying earlier how people really want quick results. So they give it two weeks, they don't see anything and they give up and then they kind of just fall back into old habits um, and they lose all motivation. I actually posted about this on my Instagram the other day about how in the fitness industry, we're obviously, we're always talking about goal setting, you know, short-term, medium-term, long-term goals, whatever that's cool. And you need to know where you're working towards, but sometimes that can feel very, um, it can make you feel very far away from your goal if you have a lot of weight to lose. And like like we say, if you're looking at these people on Instagram and that's what you aspire to be to, that's great, aspire by all means. But let's just focus on the present, like where you're at now and take it day by day. And I think people get so distracted by the end goal and what they want, they completely forget to focus on the reality in the current situation. Um, they're so busy kind of being negative about themselves. Oh, I'm not here yet. I've got so much to do. I really want legs like that. Or, or why can't I be like that? They don't focus on who they are now. They don't learn to love themselves, who they are now on the process. Um, and they're not very good at building up their confidence and self-esteem. So some things that I do with my clients, well, the majority of them is um, I give them daily mindset kind of activities, I guess. Um, which includes like building self-confidence, you know, like what have you achieved today? What have you achieved yesterday? And what, what are you grateful for? And what could you improve on today, which is going to take you closer to your goal and really focusing on being present and learning to love yourself 
whilst you're going through this journey. And I think that's so important um, to overcome that self-doubt, which really knocks you down and deters you from sticking to the plan. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And it's like, it's about being more process focused as opposed to being so hyper focused on the end goal, whether that be just improving your body composition, whether that be improving your fitness or stepping on stage. Like it's so important to be focused on the process and focus on like celebrating the small wins throughout the process as opposed to being so overwhelmed by the end goal and how far away you are from that. 100% 100% I always have in my, my weekly check-ins from my clients you know what was your win of the week let's big yourself up like what you're doing well and we'll build off that yeah I always say to my clients um always start your check-in with a positive because yeah. it helps set the tone for the check-in itself and it also makes you realize that no matter what's gone on in the week there's always a positive to be taken from the situation and there's always lessons which can be learned as a minimum 100 percent. i like that um yeah i think i think another mindset thing that women are very guilty of is fixating on body parts staring in the mirror for ages or like always focusing on something that they dislike we all have it for me when I was anorexic it was my legs and I would do anything to make them smaller and all I could see in the mirror were my legs like it was literally like I was a pair of legs there's no other part to me and women spend so much time in the mirror kind of picking apart their body parts and like we talked about a minute ago kind of being really self-negative and um I talk about this with my clients about how we have to learn to love these parts and kind of respect our bodies and be like, okay, well, yeah, we have some excess skin around the stomach, but look at, you know, why is this there? It's because you have a kid and this is the most important thing in your life, that child and becoming a mom and the achievement of being a mom. So we kind of try and flip it on its head and look at the positives about body parts, which people aren't confident in with and say like we can work on parts we're not going to change your body we're going to transform you and grow with what you've got and strengthen what you've got and it's all about kind of learning to see your body in a different way changing the perspective yeah and you it's important to recognize that you can appreciate yourself and how far you've come and the progress that you've made at the same time as working to change Exactly. And that is so much more productive than working to change from a place of hating yourself. Yeah, it never turns out very... You're just making it harder for yourself. It's like, I always say this to a client, if there ever this conversation ever comes up in a check-in, it's like, what you say to yourself in your head... I mean, like, would you say that to your best friend? 100% no, you wouldn't. And having a negative voice like that in your head is like having like this really nasty person sitting on your shoulder and just like jabbering away at you nasty things all day long and how we always talk about the environment that we're in and we set ourselves up for success and you're putting yourself in a negative environment by having this voice constantly kind of beat yourself up um one exercise actually that works really well for girls is that I've tried quite a few times now is I get them to write down So keep a diary, a little notebook on you for the day and to write down every time you have a negative or a thought about yourself, you write it down in a notebook, whether it was, I don't know, I didn't like my legs when I walked past the mirror or um, I saw my reflection in the city and I hated my skin or something like that. Any kind of thought 
And at the end of the day, I asked them to look through it and see how many of those were pos like positive and how many of those were negative. And if you actually highlight them in a different color, and then it's literally always like 90% negative. And it just, just this realization of this internal like monologue in your head. And how badly um, you're treating yourself. Oh, yeah, because we don't, but it sounds really crazy because we have, we know that we have a voice in our head and we kind of like listen to it all day long, but it's always there. So we don't really learn how to separate the thoughts and we just kind of, I guess, learn to control those thoughts because you are in control of them. Sometimes it can feel like someone else is just saying these nasty things and it's about taking control back over that and being like, mm, no, actually, I feel good about myself today. And that's a good activity. And so last point, which ties into some of the others, is time management issues. And obviously this is something that I think everybody struggles with at some point in their sort of journey. Um, so how might people overcome this or how can people manage their time a little bit more efficiently? This is such a huge barrier to weight loss. I think probably one of the biggest ones actually, um, like people have the right intentions, they're like, oh, okay, I've got a new plan, I've got a new program, I've got a new coach, they go away. And then midweek they're like, shit, okay, um, no, I haven't stuck to the plan because this came up or that came up. And someone who is very, comes across very motivated can very quickly not adhere to a plan. And it is usually nine times out of 10, lack of organization and poor time management. Um, even people who are super, super, organized because we're talking about lifestyle changes and new habits they can still really struggle with this um so I'll always try and design a plan to fit into the person's lifestyle I don't kind of just be like here do this and it's completely out of place for them and their lifestyle and who they are and what they do so we integrate the workouts into when they can train and when they can train optimally you know if someone prefers mornings or afternoons, when can we get this in? When can we, when can you go out for walks and get steps in? Taking into account, you know, the job, whether they have the kids to look after and this and that. Um, so that's a really important part is the actual design of the program, making it easy to adhere to. Um, and the diet plan as well. Um, I'm a very big fan of quick kind of shortcuts for foods so that people can prep quickly so that snacks don't actually have to be prepped they can just be thrown into a lunchbox and ready to go um anything that you can do to set yourself up for success do it um you know like prepping on your day off doing a food shop getting it all done um and just being really really getting a whiteboard being really on top of your your week um you know, like I, I've got a few clients who are like CEOs and you'd think that they're super on top of it. And then when it comes down to the fitness side of things, it's just a total nightmare. So I was like, right, get a whiteboard, write it down. You're good at this type of stuff. We just need to get your brain thinking like this with your fitness. Yeah, I think as well, it's viewing um, your training as like a part of your week which you have to schedule in like you would work yeah. as opposed to just thinking, oh, I'll do it when I have time for it because... We all have to make time for training and it's not just something that you can't just go through your week and think, oh, I'll just do it when I have the time to do it because we're all super busy, life gets hectic and there's going to be weeks where you don't just have that spare time, you really have to work to make it, to make that time available to train and you've got to schedule your training in as part of your week and it will make it so much more likely that you actually get it done if you do that. 
Yeah, 100%. It comes back to when we talked about values and priorities as well. Like, if your goal is important to you, you will find a way to fit in an hour in the gym, a half hour walk, 20 minutes to make your healthy meals for the day or something. Um, it can take time. It can take a couple of weeks when you're on a new program to really get into the swing of it and um, overcome any little hurdles with your your, your schedule, your, your time that you're working with. But um, yeah, if, if your goal means something to you, you will you will do it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Ella. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can they find you on social media? So my Instagram is Ella underscore Crouch underscore figure. And my website is EllaCrouch.com. Perfect. I will put Ella's links in the description box down below. For anyone who is interested, I would recommend you check out her Instagram. And thank you for listening, guys. I will see you in the next one.